Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We are so used to pushing ourselves to the limit that, like, okay, you start from, like, zero, below zero. You know, when you have, you're pregnant, all your muscles get stretched. But to me, the hardest was, was, you know, the guilt at times. You know, when Jada was sick or little things here and there, like, she started to notice, like, when I would leave. Like, and, I, and I would feel bad thinking, like, yeah, well, why am I leaving her to go to practice? Something that, to me, felt sometimes selfish. John Worth, I'm here. It's this week's Sports Illustrated slash Tennis Channel Tennis Podcast. Big week. We have pre-Wimbledon chatter. We have John McEnroe wondering if Serena Williams would beat the number 700 ranked player, which has drawn all sorts of uh, Sturm and Drang as we speak. But we have a, uh, a much kinder, gentler guest. We have Kim Kleisters with us. Kim is one of the inductees in the 2017 class at the International Tennis Hall of Fame on July 22nd. She'll be joined by... Andy Roddick in Newport. She is a longtime friend, and that does not put me in a lead company. Everyone likes Kim Kleister's Jamie Lasanti, as you will soon find out. Um, she was at the French Open. We spoke a few weeks ago. She'll be at Wimbledon. She tells us this is a fun conversation with uh, an all-time favorite, um, quite, quite a good tennis player we often tend to forget, a four-time Grand Slam champion. Actually got to the uh, the semis or better at all four majors, former number one player, but she will be best recalled for her personality, which uh, which comes through in this interview. Really fun talk with uh, Kim Kleister. So let's bring her in now, shall we? How are you? Where are you? I'm, I'm in Belgium. Um, it's the last week of school, so we're starting to uh, clean up the house and packing up everything so we can go to... Uh, uh, my husband Brian and, and the kids are going to the states to visit his side of the family, and then we're going, and I'm going to Wimbledon on Saturday. We'll see you there. I was thinking we could have done this just as easily on the Tennis Channel set in Paris last week, but thanks yeah. for uh, thanks for doing this by phone. No Jersey Shore for you? Um, yeah, I will. I'll go after Wimbledon. 
You have a big date um, on July 22nd we'll talk about. Okay. Um, I have a very important question for you. Yes? Would you beat the number 700 ranked male player right now? Nope. Just kidding. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> Are you following this craziness today? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, no, actually, we have an international kids tournament going on, so I've been there all day. But I saw some tweets coming by, and um, yes, but I don't know how all big right. it's gone or has been blown up. Oh boy, it's like uh, you know, you never, you never know how big things really are anymore because it's your own social media feed. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's been quite a story today. Uh, you're maybe. you're running a tournament. Yeah, we have an international uh, kids tournament. It's. Um, 30 countries and and it's not like the highest level of tournaments but it's it's a, a tournament and kids keep playing so they, they they're guaranteed five matches um from so we start tomorrow and then the finals is on sunday and um so they have a match every day and it's 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 very well organized um it's it's an organization it's called 10 pro um and they they go to different places in the world they, they also went to uh, nadal's academy um They'll go to uh, to Florida, I think, uh, later this year. So they, I think they have about five or six tournaments a year. Um, and the kids get five matches per tournament. That's great. Yeah, they keep. So yeah, we have kids coming from Lebanon, from Syria, we, from New Zealand, from Canada, from the states. Um, so yeah, so some some of them arrive the week before and they do a camp at at, at my academy and then they they play in the tournament. Um, some of them, you know, arrive a few days before and they do they, they practice and but it's really good. Like it's it's um yeah, it's a nice way to you know, so to see all the kids how, how the old? cultures together and That's great. How how old are the kids? Uh it's from different age groups, so from eleven to about fifteen, ten to fifteen. Um and then they divide them under different age groups and levels. How old are your kids now? I know the answer to this, but Tell, tell Jada our listeners. Is, um, Jada turned nine in February. Oh, man. Um, Jack is three and a half, and Blake is seven months. Do your kids know that you did your best work after you became a mother? <laughs> uh, no, they don't, actually. No, they don't. Uh, my middle son actually asked me the other day if I also played tennis, <laughs> so, which, was, which was actually very funny because there was a lot of people standing around him when he asked me. And they, yeah, <laughs> it was a funny moment. Do you know where I'm going to be July 22nd? You should have told him. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I was thinking, though, that there was a big story that came out. You don't know this because you're, uh, you're helping to run a junior event. But there was another big story today about Serena. She's on the, the cover of Vanity Fair magazine. She is deeply, profoundly pregnant. There's a, there's a picture yeah. of her. Uh, it's like, remember the old Demi Moore shot? Remember, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, of course. Um, it's like that. But... I, I did think, uh, in all seriousness, there's there's this question of to what level will she be able to return? She she says in the article very clearly she wants to get back to playing. Her career is ongoing. She's she's not even considering not coming back. But um, you're you're kind of the model here. Yeah, which is <laughs> I've I've been asked that question a lot in the last uh, few months since she uh, since she announced that she uh, was pregnant and. Um, you know, everybody's different. I mean, you know, she has all the experience. She has 23 Grand Slams before she got pregnant. I only had one, so, <laughs> so she'll know how to do it better than than I did. Um, but, um, yeah, no, it's just, I mean, I had time, you know, when I had, when I had Jada. I took my time. I was right. about a year or, yeah, a little over a year before I started practicing again, and I really took my time to take care of 
Jada and I wanted to be a mom, but I never thought I was going to come back. So that's that's probably the biggest difference. Um, what 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 was it? You're home. You're a mom. Uh, life's good. You're a wife. What what was the motivation? Well, I had a um, we had about a year when my my, my father uh, he got sick, and we um, you know we took care of him, my sister and I, and we tried to uh, of course you know we tried to help to make him feel better and 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 get better, and went to all the appointments with him, but then. He ended up getting worse and worse and passed away on on June uh, on January fourth uh, in oh nine. Yeah. Um, and a few, I think maybe a month or two months later, I received an invitation um, to play at Wimbledon under when they opened the new center court with the with the roof and and it was going to be a, a big you know a big a big thing. It was a big event and. Um, and they asked me if I wanted to play with Tim Henman against uh, Steffi Graf and, and Andre Agassi. And, of course, I felt very honored that I was, you know, allowed to be in that <laughs> in that group um, of, of past players. And uh, so I was like, okay, I, I really would like to do this. It might be fun. And, you know, I was thinking about playing some exhibitions here and there anyway. But it was so soon that my mind, I really hadn't made up my mind at all about tennis. And then that came along. And, and then... Um, yeah, I started training again, also to to take my mind off, you know, the situation with my father. And and tennis to me has always been a way to let go of of a lot of things, emotions and and stress and pressure. And and so tennis always helped me uh, in that way. And and I just went to practice again. And you know, in the first two weeks, you know, I I really enjoyed it. It was making me feel better. And and I started to get fitter. Um, but I. I started to really feel the urge to, to maybe not just play exhibitions, and um, you're still in your twenties, and you know you're. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, so that's what I thought. I was like, okay, maybe I'm too young to play exhibitions, but I didn't really, I didn't want to tell anybody about. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I really want to come back because I just had, you know, a couple of years or a year and a half before I had my my farewell here in Belgium, and and. So I kind of felt a little bit like yeah, weird about it, you know, announcing, yeah, I'm going to come back. So I kept it quiet, and I just spoke to, of course, my husband because he was still playing basketball at the time, and um, and to my fitness coach who traveled with me uh, the, the the previous years, and um, yeah, and then I told them, and they were like, look, we're all behind you if this is what you're feeling, and and um, you know, just keep keep it very low-key for now, you know, work, you know, start to train again and, and slowly, but don't tell anybody. And, uh, and then we waited a little bit and then, yeah, and then we announced. My first idea was to start in 2010 in Australia. Um, but then I was like, mm, maybe maybe we should play a few tournaments at the end of uh, of '09 so that I can get used to, you know, traveling with a baby on on, on tour, um, playing, you know, seeing how how the level has changed. All those kind of things. That's those were a lot of questions that I had, and I didn't really want to start with all those worries straight, you know, in Australia when you have a Grand Slam, you know, a few weeks later. And right. So we were like, okay, let's do Cincinnati, Toronto, and um, yeah, and, and the U.S. Open, and I got the wild card, and you know, obviously, things went <laughs> went. I was gonna say you you, you used that opportunity pretty well, as I recall. Mm, yeah. What what um, I mean, what what was the biggest challenge? Is it, is it, phys- I mean, is the it physical? The physical part is fine. Like, we are so used to pushing ourselves to the limit that, like, okay, you start from 
like zero, below zero. You know, when you ha you're pregnant, all your muscles get stretched, your core stability, that, which is something that we train for, or that I at least train for almost every single day when I was, you know, in top shape. Um, so there, like on those kind of things, you have to really, really start from scratch. But to me, the hardest was, was you know, the guilt at times. You know, when Jada was sick or little things here and there, like she started to, you know, notice like when I would leave and I, and I would feel bad thinking like, yeah, wh wh why am I leaving her to go to practice or to go, you know, that something that to me felt in a little, in a, in a way sometimes selfish. And so you, I kind of felt a little bit guilty. And I think that was at times the hardest to balance the times where I felt, um, yeah, a little bit guilty about, you know, maybe not being the parent that I imagined I would be. Um, and also not being the athlete that I thought I should be because it was hard at times to balance. And I couldn't, you know, when we were away in tournaments, I couldn't, you know, take my daughter to the zoo because I had to rest because I had to, to play a game the next day. Um, so a lot of those kind of things were at times for me hard to, to balance. Can, can, I give you a, uh, can I give you a short ball that you can slam? Can I can I give you a fluffy little lob right now? It, it it seemed like you had a you had a nice balance with your husband. It seemed like uh, he he was pick, picked up a lot of the slack. You he made it did. work as a couple. He did, and that's the thing, and that's why he was the first person when I you know was thinking about coming back. Like I wouldn't have been able to do it if he wasn't open for this, you know, for this idea. And and he was getting close to maybe he could have played maybe one or two more seasons um, on you know on in, on in his basketball career, but it was, um, yeah, it felt right, you know, and he was excited for it. You know, he, yeah, I stopped playing, you know, almost a year or two years after I met him. So he wasn't a part of that lifestyle for a while. So I think for him, it was also a nice challenge and, and, um, a nice adventure for all of us in a way. And, and, you know, of, of course I also had Nicole who was our nanny who traveled with us all around the world to, uh, so that Brian and I could also, get away at times, you know, just for us as a couple. And, um, but then, yeah, it's the balance was something that to me was the hardest to, to, you know, I didn't want my, my kid to be brought up by a, by a stranger, but then at the same time, I also wanted to be a good tennis player. And, and so it's, it's that balance, um, where you kind of have to juggle and, 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 but I think any first time mother goes through that. I think a little bit, it's just it's a you know, familiar a situation. Theme. A lot of it was in the spotlight and, with cameras and, and, but yeah, you learn to deal with it. <laughs> what, what's the balance like now? I did, is Brian still with the same team or is he with a new? He's a, yeah. with a new, well, he's starting a new team in, um, in August. Um, he's going to a bigger, a bigger, one of the biggest, um, teams here in Belgium. So he's, he's done well. Like he's, he's done really well in the last few years where he's been coaching. He's always improved himself. So now he gets an opportunity this year to, um, to work at a, at a high, a higher club with a bigger budget, and which is something that's been very exciting for him to do. Are you are you Mrs. J Wright? <laughs> yeah, you. I know. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. What's what's your role? What, where do you where do you fit into this? Are you the coach's wife, um, or are you? Um, I I listen a lot. <laughs> um, you know, I I'm definitely not. I don't know a lot about basketball. I've learned a lot in the last few years, but um, when he starts going about tactics and plays and all that. Um, it's it's you know sometimes he loses me but there's times where you know if he talks about players or personalities or when you know players come over with wives and kids and and just to look to help you know look for good apartments little things to make them feel welcome 
um, just a family kind of atmosphere. I think that's something that I would where I like to uh, help out as much as I can. And um, I mean, we, I've met some you know really good good women uh, that were you know wives or girlfriends from players, and some that when my husband was playing that were still in touch. Um, so yeah, I like to um, you know I grew up you know also traveling and at times being in different countries and not knowing a lot about the place. So it's nice to help when they come over. I think I met your husband before I met you. Really? I once uh, I had to do a story on Villanova basketball once, and I think I even I, I saw all their dorm rooms. I'm glad you didn't see that. Yeah. That might have uh, that 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 might have impeded your marriage. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Villanova basketball. You don't tell me much about that stuff. So there, there's <laughs> there's a guy named. A for that. <laughs> ask him about a guy named Alvin Williams. I will. Right, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah. g- give us a uh, give a big date. You're July 22nd. You are being inducted in the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. along with Andy Roddick. Can you give us your speech right now? Just I'm like just like five it. minutes, I'm working on it. like three minutes. I'm gonna keep it. Give us a sample. Keep it a little bit private until then. Um, but obviously, it's you know obviously the speech is something that is is a big moment, and um, I've seen past players give speeches that to me completely blew my mind. And um, Andre Agassi's speech is of course to me yeah. <laughs> the Legend. most special one I think that I've seen um, so far. You mean far. you mean the one he gave for Steffi? Yes. Yeah. Um, and. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it'll be emotional, um, and also you know the big thing that I've noticed is is the difference in culture. Uh, when I told my my family about um, and my family, I mean like my sister, um, mother, you know, grandparents, yeah, friends here, they they don't really know the value of what it means to be inducted into the Hall of Fame and how special it is and how big of an honor it is. But when I told you know, my husband's side of the family, like my parents-in-law and my brothers-in-law, and, and they were, like, over the moon about it. They were like, oh, we, I, we really want to be there, and, and, you know, can we already order tickets, and blah, blah, blah. So for them, it, like, that's when I realized, like, how, how special it is. I've been traveling to the States since I'm 12 years old, and, and so I've seen how unique it is in different sports as well. But even here in Belgium, you know, tennis is not the biggest sport. Um, you know, soccer, cycling, is um, are the are the most popular sports here. But we don't have that. It doesn't exist in our culture to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. We have awards at the end of the year, which make you Player of the Year or Athlete of the Year, those kind of things. But we don't have Hall of Fame um, awards. And and uh, that's great. I mean, you know, it's it's. For your husband, your husband will tell you too. It's this is this oh, is the ultimate. Was, yeah, this is this is yeah. this is it. Very very yeah proud and yep. So Who, who's introducing nice to, you um, to be in that situation? And we had a nice moment in Paris on center court where uh, Gustavo Quartin uh, received his um, his ring. Um, that was before the men's final that they that they um, did that on center court for him. So you know, I think in a way, I would like to try to help as much as I can to, to realize or, or to make the tennis world here in Europe realize how, how unique it is to be a, amongst that, that group of people who are, are you know, inductees. Um, so, yeah, so that's maybe a little bit of... That's correct. I, I don't know. Do, do you think... Um, it, it's interesting because in... You know, again, if, if you're a baseball player or a basketball player, like that's that's what you shoot. I mean, that's that's the ultimate. And players sort of have a rough sense of what they need to be eligible. And it's always this big debate about who should get in and who shouldn't. And if 
Steph Curry quit playing tomorrow. Would he be a Hall of Famer? It's a huge, it's a huge deal. What in in tennis? When you were playing, I mean, is this something players discuss? The players say, "Hey, listen, hey, Lee Na won her second major. That means she ought to be in the Hall of Fame." Is, that, is it something that, from a player standpoint, you're thinking about during your career? No, actually, no. Uh, to be honest, I I didn't think about it. But at the same time, I never thought about, you know, the big awards here. Uh, so it's 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 not not something I I never played with those kind of things in my mind. Um, no. What, who's introducing you? Can I ask? Uh, my my the coach that I've had for many many years. Um, he was my when I was 11 years old. My coach. His name is Carl Maas. Um, he's been there oh, right, right. throughout the, the all my career, and and oh. he's the director of my tennis academy now. So we're still close. And and so when I thought about somebody who, you know, when they asked me and and who's going to um, introduce you, you know, it, it's. I mean, it's almost easy to pick somebody who's famous, and I can I could have asked some, you know, players that that I got along with, and but when somebody really special to me and who I feel like has helped me very, very much in my career, um, not just tennis level, but also on a personal level, is um, is Carl, and and so for me it was almost a no-brainer. That's great. Do you, do you know who's do you, do you know who's introducing Andy? Is it Doug? Yeah, so Andy, so yeah, Doug Spreen yeah. is introducing Andy, which is very similar to what you were thinking. You, you. Ah, uh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I'm very, very excited that I get to share this moment with Andy as well. We've, we've always. I was gonna say, you guys know you've, you kind of grew up together. Played juniors, and so right. it's nice to um, have this together. What? Um, and I've never met his family, so that will be nice too. Oh, they are lovely, lovely people. Um, what's your? Uh, you you look back on your career, and you're one of you know, you have a life now. You have three kids, so you're you're not living in the past. But what what kind of pops to mind? I, I'm always interested with former athletes. It's 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 seldom what you would think as a fan would be sort of the big moments or the big takeaways. Like what what are your takeaways from your career? Um, it's you know a lot of people think about the the wins and the tournament like the victories and and but to me it's the what I really enjoyed was working towards something is, is having, let's say eight weeks to, to get ready and, and to, to train to, you know, try to be in the best shape possible for the U S open. And then, you know, winning seven, five and a third in a semifinal or whatever, like those moments is, is what you do it for. And it's, it's actually the, the road towards that is what I really enjoyed. And there, there were times where it was tough and, and it's, it's tough on your body, tough mentally, but but the satisfaction that you get when you do well and, and that you know that it pays off and that you can be fitter as your opponent, you know, when it comes down to, you know, being five all in the third and, and, and being fit enough to, to beat her, that's, those are very, very satisfying um, moments. And I think that's what I look back to is, is, yeah, that's what I enjoyed the most is with my fitness coach being able to say, okay, now we have a, a six-week window where we're going to, train and 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 just completely trusting him blindly and just do everything that he says and and believe that you know it will benefit when when I, when it has to can i make you blush sure i i think something you did that was really important was you you came along at a time it was sort of after you know Celis and graf and it was after the williams sisters were sniping with with martina hingis mm-hmm. and there there's another belgian player who sort of wore a game face, I think it was really important that you came out there and showed that 
you could be congenial, you could be friends with other players, you could win majors, but it didn't have to come at the expense of relationships. No, no. But, but by it, accident it was or design? Times because, you know, when you're a teenager, I was 15, 16 years old when I, you know, turned, I just turned 17, I think, when I, when I played my first French Open. And, and you know, it's, it's, you're so young and you get thrown in this world that, that all of a sudden you're almost not allowed to be a child anymore and um, because so much gets expected of you and, and you're, you're supposed to talk to media like an adult and like you know everything about the world, what's going on, po- politics and, and you know about whatever this person said and you have to give your, your comments about it. And it's really hard at times. And, and I realized at a young age, and I think especially like my father who traveled me, me at times, that it was really important for me to stay to still look at tennis like I did when I was 12, 13, 14 years old. And that was, I loved the sport. Um, and, you know, to me, the, the, the human side of, of things was so much more important. Um, I could easily play somebody and lose the next, the next day uh, and, and lose to that opponent, but still talk to them in the locker room and, and, and you know, without holding anything personal right. towards them, and um, which is, you know, I also was in the opposite situation where somebody wouldn't even or talk to me the day before, and then knowing that maybe the draw came out and we could play each other in, you know, maybe the second or the third round, and they completely like that's it, like you're done. <laughs> and so to me, that was never, never the case. Um, you Did know, you ever, you ever feel pressure? You step out on court, you try to be the best player you can be, and. And, um, yeah, and be, I think, mature enough to to know that, okay, you're not going to win every match, but, you know, just try to be the best player that I could be. Um, and at the same time, like, you and human being, too, like, be respectful. And, you know, that was something that my father valued very much. Did did you ever feel pressure? I mean, did anyone ever say, listen, maybe you want to be more combative? Maybe you're, I, I hate to even say this, but maybe you're too nice. Did, did yeah, that's the, I got that question asked. No, but I don't mean I don't I mean from people like me. Finals and you're in that in that situation where the media is like, okay. No, screw screw one. the media. You know, I mean, you from... think you're too nice to win, and no, and I, I was d- like, no, like I know I can beat these players. I've beaten a lot of them before. Um, you know, just not in the Grand Slam final, and and you know, nerves too. I was, yeah. I now that I look look back on it, I know that I wasn't ready to beat Jennifer Capriati in that final, although I came very close, but in my head, and, and it, there was no way I could have I could have won it just because I was so overwhelmed with nerves, and um, and it would have been too soon to have won a Grand Slam. You came um, close. What, what is that? You know what? Players, let, let me stop you there because I want to ask you this because that's a really good – when player and, st- you know, Stan Wawrinka used this exact same what, – what, what does that mean? Does that mean sort of – I'm having trouble gripping the racket. Does that mean on that short forehand I'm going to have trouble hitting a kill shot? When when players say I wasn't ready because I was just the nerves were too much, how does that express itself? Well, during the match, the difference in me, with me and and let's say the final against Jennifer to let's say the one where at the U.S. Open where I beat Mary Pierce, I feel like everything connected my my mind and my body, whereas everything connected like okay I was a little bit nervous but I was able to deal with it and and I, I dealt with it in a way where I knew that my nerves wouldn't take over my my way of thinking um, whereas against Jennifer Capriati 
I mean, you can ask me anything about this match, and I w- I won't remember because <laughs> my mind was so. Yeah, I can't even describe it. Um, it's like I wasn't in the moment. And yet, and you you came two points from winning, right? I know, I know, and and but. Yeah, you, when, when that... you, you don't read the the match the same way because right. there's such a big distraction or such a big um, yeah distraction. I think that that takes takes you away from being right there. Um, and um, it's really I'm telling you, t- you tell your husband tennis is so much harder than basketball, where <laughs> there are four other guys and you can always uh, p- you know p- pass to the point guard and. It's just... I know, but there, at the same time, there's moments where, you know, when I see him with his team and, and that there's there's a lot of moments where I feel like, oh, you know, that's, it's nice to share those moments together. But then at the same time, there's moments where I think like, oh, my God, like, thank God I wasn't a, a team player because, you know, there's, there's players who, you know, go out and party till early in the morning and then they have to play a big game. And I couldn't deal with that. Like, you know, you either are all in or, or you're not there at all. So, um, yeah, there were times where it was, Nice to see, but then also times where I think, nah, I'm happy I was a, you know, an individual sports athlete, and if I didn't practice hard, I knew it was my fault, and if I worked hard, then you know, I knew it was, you know, in my hands to to try and be better than my opponent. So it's just you up there on July 22nd. Um, yeah. So wait, I asked re- so real quick, I I asked readers for uh, I got a bunch of questions for you, like what like speed round, like one sentence. Okay. Um. What does Kim think about how one of her biggest rivals, Venus Williams, is still out there battling today? What do you think of I Venus? admire it very much, um, and and especially with the you know the ups and downs that she's had, you know, going through the the disease and and you know her sister losing her their sister and just everything. I think it's 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 amazing that that they're still battling and she's done so much for our sport. Um, you know, I've. I've Every tournament, she was in meetings trying to negotiate and talk to tournament directors and and sponsors, and um, so she's been she's been you know almost like the new Billie Jean King, I think, of our era. Hey, John, I heard Kim will be coaching Anina Wickmeyer. Can she confirm that? If so, how does it feel to be back in a new role? Um, well, this was kind of a big thing in Belgium the last, <laughs> the last couple of days. Uh, I'm not going to be her coach i'm going to help her out at wimbledon uh, i'm there to uh, to do a few events anyway uh, i'm going a couple of days earlier so i can just train with her and um, she her and her coach split up uh, a week ago um, and because she trains when she's in belgium she trains at our academy and, and i've you know worked with her a little bit before like i hit i hit with her and i, I when i was in australia i helped her um, but I'm not going to be her full-time coach. Um, so, yeah, I think people, I'm going to be there to help her, but I'm not going to be the, the full-time coach. Um, all right, what else do we have for you? Real quick, um, does Ostapenko, how far does Ostapenko make it at Wimbledon? Um, well, I definitely think she has the game to make it, to, to beat a lot of the, the good players. I'm, I'm just very curious to see how she will deal with the with the pressure and, and the new role that she's going to be in so that um, you know in Paris I was I was curious to see how she you know how, 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 how well would she play when it came down to big moments in the quarterfinal or in the semifinal and especially in the final it was um, you know when she was a, a set and three love down like it was just interested interesting to see how fearless she was and, and just kept going for her shots and and 
um, because she had nothing to lose. And now I'm curious to see in this new role how she will uh, how she will react and and cope with um, you know players trying to beat her and then maybe trying a little bit harder when they get the player and. So that will be that will that's definitely a player who uh, who I'll be uh, very interested to watch when when I get to Wimbledon. Um, I wonder if my my theory on that don't don't you think it 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 probably helps her? She only has a few weeks. If this were Australia and she had months and months to be a Grand Slam champion and have the agent meetings and the photo shoots, like this is that's the thing. And I don't know, you know, the team around her. Um, of course, you know, I, I'm sure when she went home after Paris, it would have been very crazy right. um so a lot of a lot of things would have changed for her and and you know the way she's she's going to be a lot more known in her country she's going to be known in the tennis world all around the world um, and players are going to look at her differently and um it's not easy like when i when i played the french open when i was 17 and i made it to the semis and i played jennifer you know, I didn't even win, and my world completely changed. Um, so, it's yeah, it's it's. I'm curious. I just hope she has a good group of people around her that that will keep her focused on tennis, so that she can be consistent in, in the next the next part of the season. It's exciting either way. Um, mm-hmm. All right, this was great. So we'll so we'll see you at Wimbledon. Okay. And again, July 22nd is your Hall of Fame induction. Yes. That was a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. All right, special thanks to Kim Kleisters. That was a great conversation. I uh, really enjoyed talking to her. That was uh, that was really interesting stuff. Uh, thanks, as always, to Jamie Lasanti, our producer across the desk. We will, uh, from housekeeping, we'll do some Wimbledon seed reports, a Wimbledon roundtable. Uh, we'll have some, some Tennis Channel coverage, and we will try to do more podcasts from Wimbledon itself starting next week. But um, thanks for listening this week. Again, Kim Kleisters, uh, boy. What a lovely human being. What a well-deserving Hall of Fame class this year. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your suggestions. And always feel free to keep them coming. Um, This week I actually sent out a a tweet asking for questions. We used some of your questions as well. We'll try to do more of that. Uh, Hat tip to Richard Deitch for that tip. Uh, Again, we'll be doing this from Wimbledon next week. Thanks for joining us. You can listen on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. Feel free to subscribe on iTunes as well. That'll do it for this week, and we'll be in England on Monday. All right. Have a good week, everyone.